Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, What God Can Do with an Empty Church, and it is part of the Power of Connection Sermon Series. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can visit us at our website at bccma.org, or you can always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. It's so good to see all of you, or it's so good for you to see me, I guess, I should say. (laughs) I wish I could see you. I wish that technology existed, that I could see all of you today, but I'm glad you can see me. And um, I I just want to say special thanks to this whole team that put this service on today, and uh, I'm really, I'm happy that... uh, that some of you out there uh, get to use this time to have some downtime. Some of you, you know, binge watching Netflix and uh, and you're you're maybe cooking at home for the first time in a long time, and you're enjoying that. And and I've, I've even heard people are actually playing board games uh, today these days. So that that's great. But but I tell you, there's a there's a group of people who aren't getting any downtime. And of course, the the, the main people are people in healthcare. We need to pray for them today, but also the people that are running our churches, the people that are running these services. I know the team that's here, and we, have, we represent three different organizations here that are all under one heading, Bethany Community Church, uh, Compassion New England is our outreach to the community, and Bethany Christian Academy. And I know all the people that are running those organizations, the last five days have been 24-7 almost for them. And so I, I really appreciate all of you uh, at Bethany Community Church and all the other churches. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other churches, uh, uh, and I want to just give a shout-out to all of them, uh, New England Chapel in Franklin Connect in Ashland, uh, Medway Community Church, Lifesong Church, Liberty Church, Waters Church in Norwood, all of the, all the churches that are live-streaming today. I feel like I feel unified with all you guys today. I feel like you're part of me and I'm part of you. I feel like we're kind of doing this together. And we're all facing this challenge together. And probably all the other guys are also facing the challenge of talking to a camera. (laughs) And we're not used to that. We're used to having live people that uh, we know if our joke was funny uh, or it wasn't funny. We know if the point was good because somebody says amen or even if they don't say amen, we can tell by the look on their face. And uh, so we don't have that kind of feedback right now. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, God, is in, God is in what the church is doing, and uh, it, it's going it, to be better than ever. Amen? Um, I want to, uh, uh, well, let me, before I get into the word, I, want, I do want to say something about Bethany's care for the community. Uh, BCC Cares and our organization, Compassion New England, uh, is, is where we demonstrate that care for the community. So we, we're, we're, we're staying engaged even in this difficult time. And we've set up a crisis center downtown at Main Street and Central, and they're open from 9 to 3, and we're, we're trying to help people with food and other supplies that are directly affected by the coronavirus. Your employment is directly effect, affected by the coronavirus. And um, you say, well, how are you going to have enough? Well, you know, we're going to give it, Till it all runs out. We're going to keep giving food, and you can even call. There's a number you can call if you'll go to uh, uh, Compassion NE, 
Uh.com. Uh, There's a number you can call, and you can go, and you can even have, the, have those things brought out to your car so you don't have to go inside. Because we want to keep you safe. We want to stay safe. We want to keep the community safe. And if you want to give to that, to help that effort, there's also a way on there where you can find out how you can give and help keep going. You can even do an Amazon order and send it to the site to help us keep giving uh, basic necessary supplies and food to people in our community. We care, and we're not going to let a crisis stop us from loving this community because that's why God put us here. We, we say we want to be bigger on Monday than we are on Sunday, and we, we want to continue that through the coronavirus, and we feel like uh, God, would, God wants to flow through us, and so please, uh, please pray and be a part of that, okay? Okay, we're in a series now. We started a series before all of this stuff happened. We started a series called The Power of Connection. And last Sunday, I took a break from it. But I decided today I would come back to the series, The Power of Connection. In fact, the message today was already, I already had rough notes for this message. It will seem like it's just a total reaction to what has happened. But actually, this message is already in my heart, and it has to do with with the power of relationships and the power of toxic relationships and the power of healthy relationships. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. The, the power of connection acknowledges that people can make us well, people can make us better, or people can make us sick. Now, I'm not just so much talking about physically because that's not my area of expertise. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I'm a preacher of the word of God. So I'm talking about relationships I've been watching people make each other better, and I've been watching people make each other sick for about 40 years from my crow's nest as a pastor. Amen? Uh, we, you know, so the question is, why does the church meet? Why have we been meeting for the last 2,000 years in buildings and having church services? You, we have learned we can hear great sermons um, at home. You can hear great sermons, great music. You can even pay your tithe and give from your couch. So why do we meet? The scripture says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It sounds like God's plan was that when possible, we would assemble. But let me tell you something today. The opposite of faith, oh, I'm sorry, the opposite of panic is not faith, but purpose. Let me illustrate. If a mother sees her child under a car, it's not uncommon for a, a little mother to go and lift the car off of her child. It's not because she felt great faith in that moment but it's because she had great purpose in that moment. That child, her beloved child, was underneath the car, and it filled her with a sense of purpose. The Bible says the purpose of God shall stand. So could it be that God wants to use this time, this time when we pastors, a lot of us are preaching to empty auditoriums, could it be that God wants to use this time to make us better, could it be that God wants to do something in the church and re-examine why we meet in the first place? And could it be that some of us really have missed it and we have forgotten why we meet 
And maybe some of us even meet for the wrong reasons. The Bible says the purpose of God will stand. So here's a church that I'm going to read one passage of scripture about where the members of the church needed to shelter in place. Where the members of the church actually, and I'm not saying this is true of you or all those other churches I mentioned, where the people of the church really needed to stay home. Can you imagine that? (laughs) That God would ever look at a church and go, it would be better if you guys canceled the service today. It it would just be better if you didn't meet. Now, I know some of you sitting on your couch or in your lazy boy right now are saying, yeah, I used to go to that church. (laughs) Or I still go to that church where it would really be better if we didn't meet. I'm sure all of you have been to some meetings you wish you hadn't gone to, right? (laughs) Well, here's the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7. The scripture is one little verse, but it tells you a lot. It writes volumes about this church as a place called Corinth. But in the following instructions, I cannot praise you, for it sounds as if more harm, is go- more harm than good is done when you meet together. John Mark Green talking about toxic people. By the way, I know some of you, when I say that word, somebody comes to your mind, right? They're probably a part of your family. <laughs> They're probably, you're probably blood related to them. Someone who diminishes you, makes you feel worse when you're around them, makes you perform worse, and makes you unhealthy. Well, John Mark Green said this way, toxic people attach themselves like cinder blocks tied to your ankles and then invite you for a swim in the poison waters. (laughs) I propose to you that your connection with others is the most powerful force on earth. It's not coincidental that we call everyone's first social connection the nuclear family pretty powerful thing. Here's two examples of nuclear power, one causing human flourishing and the other causing death and destruction. The first image that you saw on the screen was a beautiful power plant creating power for a community, causing lights to work, refrigerators, computers, cause human manufacturing human flourishing, restaurants, businesses to stay up. The other was, was a mushroom cloud over Nagasaki where in one day, 100,000 people were instantly destroyed. That's the power of nuclear power. But I suggest to you that relationships and connections have similar type of power, that relationships can can make you or break you, that relationships can, can, can be the thing that causes you to, to flourish or not to flourish. For some churches, in Corinth in particular, I don't think any of the churches that I mentioned are fit this, but uh, Corinth, Corinth needed a message from the ER nurses at Brigham Women's, and I will just show you an image of what they said when they encouraged everyone to stay home. And, You can see that on your screen. So what can God do with an empty church? That's my title today. Sorry, a little late in getting you the title. But what can can God do with an empty church? I believe what God can do with an empty church today is cause me and you to re-examine why we're doing church in the first place. If If you can hear the sermon, hear the music, even giving the offering without leaving your couch, why? 
Should you come to church? Why should you be a church? Well, let me give you three reasons that I believe God dropped in my heart that you can be, that, 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 that we need to meet. Three reasons we need to meet as a church. Even though we can't right now, we understand that. But three reasons that the church meets when it does meet, and, and three reasons and three dynamic reasons that God wants to bring us together and bring us together in a way that doesn't make us sick, but bring us together in a way that makes us better. How many of you would like to go back to church in a few days, in a few weeks, whenever this is over, and find out you're in a room full of people that are making you better, and you're not in a room full of people that are making you sick? And how many of you would like to become that person? How many of you would like to become that person that makes people better, that when you are no longer around, they're so glad, they will say, I'm so glad I knew them. I'm so glad they were part of my life. They represented Jesus to me. So why do we meet? Number one, we meet so everyone can be seen and heard. We meet so everyone can be seen here. We meet because there are to be no invisible people who come into the presence of God's children. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus is talking. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, what was going on at Corinth is the needy, the hungry, and those with no status were invisible at Corinth. Corinth was the ancient uh, Greek city of Peloponnese. Well, it's Peloponnese today, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant to say it's the modern city of Peloponnese. But it was the Greek city with, uh, 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 with about 90,000 people. Very prosperous city. A city where the up-and-comers were in that city, so the up-and-comers were going to church. But that was the most unhealthy, most dysfunctional church. They, the poor were invisible in the Corinth church. Uh, the, the verse that I read to you a minute ago is a, is a verse about communion, and communion wasn't just a, a, a glass of wine or, 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 or juice. It was a, a communion meal. It was an agape love feast. And, and the poor and the marginalized were being neglected. They, they were not getting a seat at the table, and they were going home hungry while, while the, the, the more elite of that church were, were going home with too much to eat. They were going home full. So th there were people at Corinth that were invisible, and, 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 and th there were people that weren't seen and, and weren't heard. You know... In order for God to do what he wants to do in our lives, it requires the human connection. We go to church because it's a church that we meet Jesus Christ in the flesh, in the form of other people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Other people who are filled with the word of God and whose actions are being directed by Christ. The people who occupied the... Um, the concentration camps in Germany. They didn't need the, the American soldiers who liberated them to send them a letter. They didn't need a phone call from the American troops that liberated them. They needed their physical presence. See, God doesn't just want people in your eyes and ears. God wants people in your life.
I said, God doesn't just want people in your eyes and ears. God wants people in your life. We come to this community of faith. We come to this room that I'm standing in right now so we can get into each other's life. And what a tragic thing if you come to this house or one other house of worship and people are invisible to you or you are invisible to them. What causes us to be invisible? Well, I think there are a few reasons. One, one thing that causes us to be invisible, I think this is the most common. I think the most common reason we become invisible to one another is social circles tend to close. Social circles tend to look inward instead of outward. I mean, you would, you would look pretty weird if you went and got in a circle of people and you said, let's all turn around and look away. And so you're in a circle of people and nobody's looking. You wouldn't have a very meaningful conversation if you were in a circle and you all had your backs to each other. That'd be pretty weird, wouldn't it? If you came to church and you were ordered to all stand in circles with your backs to each other. But I watch it many, many Sundays when I'm done preaching and I'm on the platform and we dismiss the service. I will look out and what I see all over the room is circles. What I, you, know what it, the, the, you know what happens to a social circle? It closes. The social circle closes and I always see people on the outside of the circles that didn't get noticed. And who are they? They are the people that nobody's ever met. They're the people that nobody knows because you're going to turn after service and you're going to talk to your best, your BFFs, right? You're going to talk to your BFFs, not the person. And so all kinds of reasons people get ignored. People get ignored because they're poor. People get ignored because they don't have worldly goods. People get ignored because they're sick. If you just stay sick all the time, after a while, you notice people stop asking you how you're doing because they don't know what to say. So, so people, but, but let, me, let me tell you something. People don't only, we don't only become visible because we're poor and marginalized. People become visible at all social stratas. We, we ignore, just because someone makes a six-figure salary, has a corner office, drives a beautiful car, and has access to the finer things of life, doesn't mean that they don't come to church looking for friendship. Doesn't mean that they don't come to church looking for somebody to be a part of their life and looking for the human connection. Uh, there, uh, there's a, um, a doctor that you may have heard of named Francis Collins. Francis Collins is a very famous doctor. He, is, he was... Uh, a part of a group of people that mapped the human genome. He led the group that, mapped, that did the human genome project. Also, uh, Francis Collins was uh, on other uh, cutting-edge research. And right now, he's the head of the uh, National Institute of Health. You know Dr. Dr. Uh, Fauci that you see every day on the press conference with uh, President Trump? He works for uh, Dr. Collins. Dr. Collins is the head of the NIH. Dr. Collins was a person who was so brilliant, he achieved his PhD his first year at, at Yale. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. And he went into medicine and began to practice medicine devoid of any kind of faith. He was a science guy. He went into medicine, and he had this patient. She was a, a, a woman who he began to feel very close to because she reminded him of his grandmother. And, and this dear woman had chronic heart disease, and she was, she was very sick. She had excruciating chest pains every day of her life, and he began to treat her. Every time she'd come to his office, she would tell him about Jesus Christ, and she would tell him about her faith in Jesus Christ, and he would listen politely. 
and wouldn't respond. Finally, one day, this lady comes in again. She has a session of sharing about her faith in God. And he was always amazed at the peace and tranquility that this woman had who was experiencing chronic heart disease. One day, she did her sharing at the end of her time of sharing. She said, okay, I noticed that every time I share, you don't say anything. Imagine this little woman's talking to this famous doctor. She said, every time I share, you don't say anything. She said, well, what do you believe? And he said, that question rocked him back on his heels. And he left that office that day determined to figure out what he believed. And now, today, Dr. Francis Collins is a follower of Jesus Christ. Why? Because she, he was seen and heard by a grandma who looked at him and treated him like he was a person. It's not a, just about rich and poor. And I'm glad, I'm thrilled that in our culture today, we're rewarded for caring for the marginalized and the poor and the immigrants. That is so godly, and let's keep it up. But church, everybody needs the gospel. Everybody needs our presence. Every, Nobody, get, nobody should be invisible. I don't care if they make six figures or if they're, if they're on government assistance. Everybody needs to be a face and a voice that you care about. Please, church, when you come back in here in a two weeks or three weeks, or we don't know, whenever you come back in here, don't let there be any invisible people. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a neurological disease that makes it impossible to remember faces. 60 Minutes did a big story in it a few years ago. There are people who cannot remember a face, no matter how familiar that face is to them. Well, I think it's a spiritual disease too. And I can't heal people from the physical disease necessarily unless God had divinely enabled me to do that. But, but we, can, we can make a choice to reach out to the Lord and have him heal us of the spiritual disease of not recognizing faces. So that's the first thing that I see at Corinth is they ignored people. The second thing I would say is why we meet and why what Corinth needed to figure out is we meet so you can harmonize authenticity and grace. Now, what I mean by that is this. I'll, I'll, I'll answer with question. Want to meet sinners who are being saved by grace? Go to church. You want to meet, you know, you, you want to meet people who are experiencing extravagant grace and unmerited mercy that they don't deserve? You won't get that by listening to a podcast of Joel Osteen or Pastor Phil on your exercise bike. You're only going to meet messed up people who are being transformed and loved by God. You're only going to meet them in, in, in large numbers if you go to church. Some people say, well, I don't want to go to church because there's so many messed up people there. There's so many people. So many. Oh, that's exactly why you should go to church. You should go to church because this is where messed up people come. This is where broken people come and get their lives changed by the grace of God. If you want a front row seat to God's grace, go to a church. I don't think you'll find it anywhere else. You know, we're living in the age of unforgiveness. You know that, right? This, is the, this has been, for the last little while, the age of unforgiveness. 
If somebody digs in your garbage and finds out something you wrote 20 years ago that was wrong, you're going to be called out. And some people are so into this that they will, they will try to ruin your life. Well, let me tell you something. The church is a place when we go through your garbage and we find your mess and we find your mistakes, church is a place where we're going to take you to a place on a hill far away. Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame, where the dearest and best of a world of lost sinners was slain. Yes, it's not because we're so magnanimous, but it's because he was so magnanimous that the church is a place where unhealthy people can be loved and unhealthy people can get healed. It's, it's like this. You say, well, what about abusers? Well, let me tell you something. A healthy church is not a place where you can be an abuser. But it is a place where you can say, without God's help, I could be an abuser. That is such an important distinction. A healthy church is a place that doesn't allow abusers and predators to take advantage of vulnerable people because we're a room full of vulnerable people. If a church is done right, it's a vulnerable place. And there's a lot of vulnerable people because you come here expecting us to take care of you. And we've got to take care of you. And we, we who are leadership have got to watch out for those who are abusive and those who come with the intent of abusing Church is a place where you cannot abuse people. A healthy church, I should say. But it is a place where you could admit that you have flaws in you. That if you are not held accountable, if you are not, if you are not brought under the blood of Christ, if you are not held accountable and taught, you could be someone who hurts other people. On the other hand, some of you probably stay away from church because you don't want to be around a bunch of goody-two-shoes, perfect people, people who think they're good, better than you. You don't want to be around those kind of people. Well, let me just clear that up for you right now because that's not a problem. That, is, that doesn't exist. Let me just clear that up for you. The church is not a museum of saints. It's a hospital for sinners. It's a place where a slave trader could come and he could be so impacted by what he experienced that he would write the greatest song that's ever written. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. That's the anthem. Amazing grace is the anthem of the church. If you want to come to a place where the grace of God is on display, find a healthy church. And Bethany Community Church, I, I know we, we're working hard to be that kind of church, aren't we? Finally, we all stop making each other sick at church when we make sure that we meet together so we can see what Jesus is really like. We can see a physical representation of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Boy, I hope you will, I hope you will after the sermon today, with all that free time you now have, that you will get your Bible out and you will read 1 Corinthians, start with chapter 11 and read through chapter 14. 
So you can see this message that is woven to make this church a healthy church and make this church a church that should meet instead of sheltering in place. Uh, but uh, he says to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ. This is how he's going to make Corinth healthier. He's going to teach them who they are. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You see, friends, we require connection. We're not just consumers of content. Some of you sincerely want to follow Christ, but you've been, you've been falsely led to believe that a Christ follower, that, that, that the, the, the um, actions of a Christ follower can, consist of listening to Hillsong and Bethel playlist and, and watching T.D. Jakes on video and, and, and Joyce Meyer and Andy Stanley. You see, that's why I appreciate it. If, you, if you're still watching at this point, you haven't turned me off yet, uh, I'm really thankful because you could be listening to T.G. Jakes and Andy Stanley and Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer because all you got to do is go to YouTube and watch their sermon. You could be watching them instead of me. And I don't really, I think I'm pretty, I think I'm okay, but I'm not, I don't compete with those guys, right? I'm not trying to compete with those guys. That's not, a church is not a place to consume content. <laughs> it's not a place to consume content. Now you should do that. You should watch all those people I just mentioned. They all have some great stuff. I watch them all the time myself. You should do all of that. That's a part of your walk with, that's a part of your, your walk with Christ for sure. But you are not created just to consume content. You are created to be connected with human beings, messed up humans just like you, but who have a spark of the divine within them. People who are image bearers of God and people who are representations of Jesus Christ. Even in these times, when it's... Even in, in these times, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, Bethany Community Church on a typical Sunday morning. If you drive here on a typical Sunday morning, there's some parking lot brothers out there. They're going to meet you. That's, that's the hands and feet and eyes and ears and passion of Jesus that you get met with on the parking lot. And then you're going to come in and there, there's a... There's a, there's a big hospitality team, a guest first impressions team that's going to be the hands and feet and eyes and ears and passion of Jesus to make sure you know how to get what you need and how and there to make you as comfortable as possible. And if you happen to have a, a child who's a special needs child, we have a, a special program called the Happy Place, and they're going to tell you, and they're going to lead you and show you how to take your child to a group of people who are also the eyes, the ears, the hands, the feet, and the passion of Jesus, who are trained and qualified, and they're going to take care of your kids with special needs so you can go and you can enjoy the service 
And you're going and, and to find that in this room that, that I'm standing in right now, there's a group of people, they've been here since early in the morning, getting ready to sing to you and lead you into the praises of God. And you're going to have a ro whole room full of people, a, a group of people who concentrate on the technical in the back. All, all, what are we doing here? We're having church. We're being the hands, feet, eyes, ears, passion of Jesus Christ. And when you drive down to the crisis center, from there's people inside the crisis center that are there to be the hands, feet, eyes, ears, passion of Jesus. Listen, why do we need church? Why do we not need church? We need the body of Christ. We need people who don't, who don't get paid to be loving and kind and meet your needs and care for you. We need people who believe the scripture that says, that says treasures in heaven. I lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust corrupt, neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, neither do thieves break through and steal. People who believe that and people who are transformed by that. C.S. Lewis said this, enemy occupied territory. That is what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise and is calling us to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. When you go to the church, you're really listening in to the secret wireless from your friends. And I notice he wrote that during World War II when you could listen into the secret wireless and hear what the government was doing to protect you. So he makes that reference. When you go to the church, you're really listening into the secret wireless from your friends. That is why the enemy is so anxious to prevent us from going. He does it by playing on our conceit and laziness and intellectual snobbery. That was C.S. Lewis, the incredible C.S. Lewis. So I close with this. We're staying in so we can go back out. We're staying apart so we can get back together. We're loving another well so we don't make one another sick. All our hard days are for a lot of happier tomorrows. So I'm going to be very blunt with some of you right now. Some of you watching this live stream knows you've been a self-centered consumer Christian. You know that you have not committed yourself to be a physical representation of Jesus Christ. And Sunday church for you or Saturday church, whenever you go, you go the weekend service, you check off a box. I worship God today. I heard a sermon today. I went to see Pastor Phil today. You checked off the box. But you don't go there to be the physical representation of Jesus. You don't go there to make sure the invisible people are visible. You don't go there to even make yourself visible. And I'm going to ask you to do something really old-fashioned. Really old-fashioned. Nobody talks about this anymore. I'm going to ask you to repent. I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've just been a consumer of content. And I haven't made it my goal to be a physical representation of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's someone else watching for whom church has been like a fast food restaurant. drive through. You know, how many of you have done a drive through this week? I've done a couple of drive throughs this week. 
drive through, get your meal, sit in your car and eat it, go home. You feel, you feel better. You feel full. You feel inspired. You're, you're, you're ready to go tomorrow and work on that contract. Because Pastor Phil said some stuff that you could use. <laughs> he preached about some positive ideas. Man, I can, I can use that at work tomorrow. Well, that's good. That's good. I want you to be able to do that. But I want church to be more than that for you. I want church to be a dynamic place where you are a, a personal transformer of other people's lives and you let other people transform your life. But you understand that you are the body of Christ. Amen? Listen, how would you like to go from accepting Jesus to being Jesus? How about that? The same Jesus that said, the Lord hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor said this, as the Father sent me, so send I you. I'm going to put the onus on you to be Jesus to your world. Thanks for joining me today. Let's pray over our needs and over our condition that God will transform us. Would you join me for prayer right now from your home or your car or wherever you're watching? Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we don't come with a spirit of condemnation today, but we come with a spirit of liberation. We don't come with a spirit of, of pride and arrogance. God, I struggle with all the things that I'm telling other people about. I turn away too sometimes. I don't see people that are in need. I don't, I, I, people can be so invisible to me. But thank you, God, that I have a, people around me that hold me accountable, that call me to account and call me back to your word. And I pray that everybody at home will develop those relationships. I don't care what their church looks like. It may not look like Bethany Community Church. Their church may be a house church. It may be in some other context and other setting. But I pray that everybody watching me right now will say, I am going to not only accept Jesus, I'm going to join the body of Christ and see this dynamic, awesome, incredible thing happen where Jesus, you said, I come to build my church, and I want to be a part of what you are building, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.